0: Blue Gold Radio Sunday. Welcome back to Full Metal Schleif, uh, second episode underneath that title. Um, and uh, today we got a guest. Uh, this is our first guest, and it's none other than fellow Blue Gold Radio member, Nolan Hoppy. Nolan, say hi to the people. What's up, people? <laughs> um, yeah, me and Nolan here. Uh, we're kind of crunching in between uh, our, our classes here. So probably got about a good 30-minute show for you guys today. Uh, just kind of talking. Uh, we're we're going to do a little thing called uh, spinning the wheel. Spin that wheel. <laughs> we're going to spin the wheel in a little bit. Um, just uh, We assembled basically just a random group of um, nouns, person, places, things, everything in between. And uh, we're just going to kind of give our opinions maybe in a quick like two-minute, just one-minute-each-person type thing. Um, before we start, um, the great Northwoods sales competition was over the weekend <laughs> – um, I need in case it's not on any other podcast. I need to congratulate uh, Nolan sitting across from me for getting fourth place. Um, if if there was a room of people to clap, they they'd be clapping right now. Mm. Uh, but we're all very proud of Nolan. Um, and uh, you did a good job out there, Nolan. You got anything else to say other than what you've already told me? How'd How'd you like it? How'd you like competing on a national level there? Yeah, it was fun.
1: Uh, you know, fourth place a good thing. There were, I believe, sixty nine competitors, but you know. Still hungry. Still hungry for number one. So Yeah. Well. Yeah. Anyway.
0: No Nolan, uh, yeah, I got confidence he uh would have won if you know, that's always the thing, right? It can always be a different scenario. You can always have a different judge. There always can be a different way that uh these sales competitions can go. But um I don't know. I guess I really haven't talked about uh specific sales stuff on the show yet. But we'll save that for another day.
1: Well, I mean, next So a little bit of back back context of how Wyatt and I met. We met doing a sales competition last year. And from that, our friendship grew and we haven't been able to compete together since. We actually weren't able to compete in that one because there's a snowstorm that hindered us from being able to go. So hopefully next semester, next semester is both of our last semesters. Hopefully next semester we can compete together. Wyatt is a great competitor. So when you're listening to this show, you're not only listening to somebody who's got a lot to think about, but he's, he's definitely really good to learn from. All right, let's get into this thing. Spin that wheel.
0: <laughs> All right, I was gonna add, I was gonna add more to that, but yeah, no, we're, we're gonna we're gonna just spin that wheel. Okay. All right, here we go. I think I think I got the sound effect on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> our first topic. <laughs> this is gonna be a quick one. Um, our first topic is uh, the liquor tequila. We oh, got we got a minute each.
1: The liquor tequila. Yep. Okay. This, I'll go
0: first. Okay. I got plenty to say about uh, <laughs> tequila, but to summarize it in about a minute, um, when I think of tequila, I think that is that is my favorite liquor. If I had to choose, um, I think it's the best that you can put in like a, like a cocktail. Uh, you can put that. I mean, if you want to have it straight, I, th- I think it's doable. Some people don't like it straight. Um, but I mean, yeah, some people say it's strong. I think it's more of like, you know, when I go to, I think I always think of like when I go to Mexico or something, everyone just loves tequila down there. So- I think my word of advice on this topic is if you're ever somewhere south, like especially like Mexico, and they recommend you tequila, definitely try it because it is so much better there uh, than anywhere else. Like, I was, it was night and day compared to some of the stuff that you can buy in the States. Um, I don't know what you'd call that, like domestic tequila, but um, that's my spiel. Shout out to tequila. (laughs) Nolan?
1: Man, we got some different thoughts on tequila. Okay. I've had one one true experience with tequila it was one of my first times being introduced to drinking being in wisconsin of course i was potentially under the age of the legal level and that night ended with me i remember it was at my now fiance's house and her mom came outside to see how we were doing and i was laying on the ground And I got up to go give her a hug. And I got up and it's almost like the world was on a 45 degree axis. And I face planted right into the ground. And I just remember she patted me on the back and was like, it's going to be all right. So when I think of tequila, I think of a, just a, a bad time. So that's my spiel on tequila. My spiel on tequila is if you take more than one or two. Shots. It's gonna be a long night.
0: Yeah. I think I think that's with most, you know, like forty percent liquors or whatever. Um a bad think, time. Yeah. Tequila sunrise, that is my favorite cocktail. So
1: There you go. What's in a tequila sunrise?
0: Uh orange juice, tequila, and just a little splash of grenadine. It honestly like I don't even know. I think when you mix all those together it's it's a very good drink. Okay. So let's try it there. together sometime. Yeah, for sure. I got it at the house right now. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, we're spinning the wheel again. Spin that wheel. Spin that wheel. We got like Spin it. 20 topics. We're going to burn through. <laughs> All right, we got... Um, this one felt personal to me. Not not right now, but it, the topic is wetting the bed.
1: Ooh, wetting the bed. You can start on this one. I can start on... I haven't wet the bed in years. I mean, I would hope I haven't wet the bed in years. I'm 21. But um, I really don't have that much of a story. I mean... You know, I feel like most most children, definitely most boys, when they're younger, wet the bed once or twice. I believe I only did maybe twice and it was when I was in grade school. Wow. So that I got lucky on that front. So yeah. is there's really no story I have.
0: Yeah, well, that's that's good. No stories are
1: <laughs> <laughs> actually I do I do have a story. I was at a camp one time. Summer camp, yeah. I think it was Bible camp, actually. And I didn't wet the bed, but I really, really, really had to pee, and it was late at night, and I was in a tent with, like, three or four other guys. And this is when I was probably fourth grade, and I could not get the, like, the zipper unzipped. Oh. I just peed in the tent, went back to bed. (laughs) And in the morning, it was all wet in there, and nobody figured out why. But I knew. I've always known. (laughs)
0: So shout out to all those guys that were in that tent. I know you Jeez. guys are listening. Oh my goodness! Now it just got now it just got leaked.
1: That's okay. Legitimately got <laughs> leaked. Leaked on. <laughs> no
0: pun. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Me and wet in the bed, man. We we got a history. I mean, I um I always struggled with it when I was like younger. Um, I'd go through like um rituals of like not drinking, like three any like any water any juice anything like three hours before I would go to bed and it would still be a problem for me wow yeah and I remember like um yeah I remember like my first time I got into like off the airplane and like my uncle picked me up I was in the back seat I'll never forget I fell asleep back there and I woke up and I was all over the guy's car I don't even know they have so many like uh I don't Another one, like, I used to think to my dad, like, the digestive system worked where you could eat, like, dairy, you know, because, like, dairy, like, backs you up. Yeah. So I'd be like, well, dad, what if I just, like, eat a bunch of, like, string cheese before I go to bed? But That didn't work either. I, mm. I found out that doesn't work. And honestly, it was just something that I grew out of, like, I don't really know. Because now, I actually can't go to bed without drinking a lot of water. Yeah, you, you gotta. Know? Yeah, you know when you, like, wake up dehydrated? It's the worst. Oh, you sleep so much better if you drink, like, yep. just a bottle before you go to bed. Yep. Game changer. Game changer. And so I always do that now. <laughs> so I gotta, yeah.
1: I gotta ask, when did it stop? Um, sophomore, junior, high school.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's just about the time. <laughs> um, I feel like it didn't like confidently stop probably until like, like second grade. Wow. Yeah, yeah, which I know is like a relatively long time, but I'm telling you, man, I was out there doing all these procedures and nothing really worked. It was something I literally just grew out of. I don't know what the body goes through. Yeah. Or, there's probably some science behind that. Okay, but
1: well, yeah, I'm glad you're out of it.
0: No, I am too. I think everyone is.
1: Yeah, good.
0: You know, it, it wasn't benefiting anyone.
1: Spinning the wheel again.
0: We're spinning the wheel again. Great. I like to- this. I like this. Great topic though. <laughs> oh, we don't. We almost hit it again. Um, this one exotic pets.
1: Hmm. I've never had an exotic pet. Have you?
0: No. And I don't. I think the conversation is more so. You
1: know, where's the line? Where's the line of exotic pets? I think the line of exotic pets comes when it starts to become a danger to those who live around it. So, I know, like, I had a a, a distant cousin who had a, a boa constrictor. Yeah. And it was just kind of, yeah, it's cool, whatever, you have a boa constrictor. If that thing gets out, you're dead. Like, you legitimately can die. Mm-hmm. And right. actually, ironically, the way that it died was he was bringing it over to a friend's house, and he accidentally slammed its head in the door of its car. Oh. So that, oh. Thing, that thing died. That's gruesome. It died like a dog.
0: <laughs> I i kind of think of it on the flip side. When I think of exotic pets, I think of— The
1: deadlier the better?
0: No, I don't think anyone should be owning. Right, well, I, I agree to your point, but I think when I first think of exotic pets— I just think of, you know, like SeaWorld, how they have the, um, you know, dolphins and all these, like, mammals. Or what What's the big—the whales? Yeah. The big old whales in the tanks. Yeah. It's like I think when you take something that's clearly out of its habitat and try to domesticate it into your own house, it's weird. Agreed. Like a dog, you can't just let—like dogs would suck out in the woods trying to survive on their own. I own, a, I own a golden retriever. If you let that thing— Try to survive on its own. That it was the laziest. <laughs> I love him. I still do. Rest in peace. But it's <laughs> just like the laziest dog. I, you know what I mean. So there's some things that are just meant to be free, and some things that aren't.
1: Yeah, but I, I mean, like
0: a boa constrictor. It's cool, just living out amongst just, itself. Just let it live in the deep live. of the jungle, and he'd love it. Right. He doesn't. Yeah. So I think of it. You know, you thought of it maybe in terms of you know a harm to other people. I think it's
1: a harm to the animal.
0: But I think we both agree on both points.
1: Okay. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a good point you brought up. Yeah.
0: Okay. Spin a wheel.
1: It's got a good pace to it. It does. This podcast.
0: <laughs> it does. It's just rapid fire.
1: <laughs> this isn't where I necessarily thought we would go today. Okay, this is, this, good.
0: this is the one that I put in there because I don't know what it is. Okay. Burning Man. I I, I had something that came to mind. Burning Man? Burning Man.
1: Okay. that's a It's a song, actually. Burning Man by Lee Bryce, I believe.
0: Is it a song or is it like, uh, Burning Man is a week-long, large-scale desert event focused on community art self-expression held in the western United States.
1: Okay. I guess it's multiple things.
0: Well, I thought of Burning Man, I thought it was, um uh, I thought it was that thing that like people do in, like, protests when they set themselves on fire. Oh, man. That's uh, what I thought of.
1: People set themselves on fire in protests? You've never seen that before?
0: No. Like, uh... It was a, it's like a historic picture. It's, um, it's not, what, what are the people that like never speak? Uh, monks,
1: right? M- mimes?
0: No, mimes are like the circus. Monks, you know, like, yeah, you know, they're yep. like little yep. yep. Yeah. He did that one time in protest, and I thought it was called like the Burning Man tradition of like, I'm mm-hmm. totally against, and he set himself on fire and he died. Mm. That's what I thought it was. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, the Burning Man. Is more of like, it looks like, uh, it's like a nature type of like It's like hiking and stuff like that. Okay. (laughs) Which I'm never against either, I guess. Right. (laughs) Community art, self-expression. I'm going to look at some pictures.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah, it seems like it has like some historic context with um, like natives and stuff like that. Okay.
1: So. My uh, thought of Burning Man. So this song by Lee Bryce is the. Is the, is my (laughs) interpretation. Yeah. Yeah. And what he talks about is like biblically in scripture when it's, it's talking about how there's a person that's trying to be living for God, but instead his entire life, he has just decided to not live for God. And the reality is most people do that. And whether you want to or not, whether you want to be a Christ follower or not, because Scripture says that we're all born in sin, anyway. So, it's just for me, it's a concept of somebody who's trying to live for God, but obviously isn't. And where's the where's the difference there? Mm-hmm. So, it's it's deep. It's deep for me yeah. as a Christ follower. Yeah. yeah. But you know, the great thing about Scripture is it says that we're all born in sin, and if you give it, if you give your life to Jesus, it's He paid for that sin. So. That's how I interpreted that.
0: Okay. Yeah. But I I also I. There's there's the picture of the. Uh,
1: oh wow. Wow. That's. So yeah. Did he die? Yeah, he died. Wow. I don't know. That's a protest.
0: It is a protest. If there ever was one, shout out. All right. Spin it. Spin. It. Uh uh uh. We got. Uh, I feel like we I
1: feel like we have to shout out. Oh, uh, this is a good you got to shout out the man who gave you the idea of spinning the wheel.
0: Okay, I will, the next time I spin it. Okay, okay. Polar plunges.
1: Polar plunges? Yeah. Like going into the water when it's super cold? Yeah. What are my thoughts on it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the point of the show. <laughs> I'll go first. If, yeah. you're, if you're. I mean, I think polar plunges are, are cool, right? A lot of the times they're done for charity, right? Yep. It's like come yep. together and yep. dunk in and whatever. Um, but it's something I have never done and I really don't have an interest in doing. I know that it's like, you know, people usually say like, I met this dude at my Penske internship who's all about this. Like he, he was a truck driver, but he just stopped and he started talking to me about like all around the year he, he finds lakes that are like really popular to literally just like find a spot in the ice and just dunk yourself in. And then he just comes out and he just goes about his day. (laughs) So, well wow. like some people are actually just into the whole, whole idea of like just going in a cold lake and like all the like these like weird like health benefits and he thinks yeah. like really sharpens your mind. It's like the cold right uh, shower thing, you know. Right. It's like more discipline or whatever. Right. So, um, but I mean, I think polar plunges just take that and like make something more of it as you know people coming together. So, I mean, <laughs> I got nothing good to say, or I got only good things to say about polar plunges and whatnot. But it's I'm never gonna do a polar plunge, man. Right. I don't like that. I don't like that cold. Okay.
1: I actually do agree with the health benefits. It you talk to professional athletes, mm-hmm. and you see how they go about training their body, mm-hmm. a lot of this, a lot of the cold is for not only anti-inflammatory, but to lower your heart rate, give you a little bit more focus throughout your day. Yep. And I think that polar plunges are a cool idea if you make it sort of a habit. You know, I, these charity things are great because if you do it for charity, it's awesome and everything, but doing it one time, I don't necessarily know if it's going to affect you very much. Like I used to run cross country in high school and one of the best things for you is to take a cold shower after you run. Right. So I, I definitely agree with the, with the health benefits of it.
0: Yeah. I know, uh, I know Kobe was always like the big advocate of, you know, going in the ice bath. Oh, yeah. But now they got like the like the cryogenic type chambered things.
1: I don't think I would like that. <laughs> no? Why? Just the, well, you go in there with a hat on, you go in there with mittens on and with shorts on, and you can only stay in there for a timed period of time before your body begins to get hypothermia. Right. So the thought process there for me is that is completely mental.
0: Mm,
1: yeah. I, I don't know. It's... <laughs> I understand, and obviously it's proven by science, but that just, if I had to choose cold tubs or doing the cryotherapy, I would choose cold tubs every time. Yeah.
0: No, I agree. I think it would be interesting to try out the cryotherapy because it sounds, like, so futuristic. It sounds like, you know, in, like, like Captain America, they put in, like, the cryo chamber, like, that's what it sounds like. You, like, come out of there like a new, like a beast. For sure. (laughs) All right. Anyway, like I was going to say, as I was spinning the wheel again, I got this from uh, the Danny Brown show. Uh, one of my favorite rappers of the 2010s. Um, yeah, he has he has his own podcast and he does a. We got exotic pets again, so I'm going to spin it again. So yeah, he he got he has his own show and he does this sort of thing where his team puts together topics and. Me and Nolan thought uh, we could do our own take on it. So agreed. Here we are. Mm, now this is one I really don't have any opinion opinions. In and out burgers.
1: In and out burger. I got it one time. I need to hear about it. It was. Over spring break last year, went to Phoenix, Arizona. Very, very good burgers. Hmm. Like hmm. people say, it's overrated, but it's overrated because of the fries. The fries are terrible. Okay. If you go and you have the opportunity to get a burger, get the burger. It's obviously that's all that they have at the restaurant on the menu. Okay. But if they have like a different side, get the other side because of these fries are like. Imagine, like, your shoestrings, and then imagine eating that shoestring, but it's a potato, and there's no salt on it. <laughs> it is—they're terrible. Like, you get McDonald's fries, and you're like, man, these things are—these things are good. But you get In-N-Out fries, and you are like, I'm going to give these to my dog later. Huh. But the burgers are— And it's affordable, too, are right? Yeah, it's good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's well, not I mean, like, I, I know all fast food's relatively, but, right. like— it's a, it's a little on the cheaper
1: side. You just, uh, yeah, I think so. Maybe.
0: Anyway, I know you, I know there's like a lot of hype about In-N-Out Burger. There always has been. Uh, it's not like it's ever died off, but it's it, I think it's also like kind of like the mystery of it, like some people can get it, some people can't. Right. You know, similar so, to Culver's. Culver's I was just going to say that. Yeah. It adds to the legacy, so then whenever anyone goes out west coast, it's always like, I tried In-N-Out. Yeah.
1: It's it's good. The burgers are burgers are very good. I'm I would give them out of 10 uh, for a little bit of context, right. I would say McDonald's burgers. I love McDonald's burgers. I would say like an eight. This is fa- like fast food burgers. Obviously, you go to a different restaurant and you get gourmet burgers. Culver's burgers, I would say, are like a nine and a and And In-N-Out is, I would say, better than a McDonald's burger, but not as good as a Culver's burger. Probably like a 9.1. Mm. They're very good. Huh.
0: In my IMC class, we were, we were debating if uh, the Culver's burgers are overrated, and I actually kind of agree that they are. Like, every single time I go to Culver's, I'm always expecting, because I have had it when it's good. Yeah. Like, really top tier, and then sometimes I feel like it just flops.
1: Well, that's the, that's the lore of of a fast food <laughs> right? restaurant. Yeah. Because sometimes, sometimes, I would say Culver's, you know that the beef is legitimately real. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes you get it, it's a little bit more dated than others. Because it's fast food. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. the bun's more fresh, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's just the little it's the little things that add up.
1: Right. But I've always been a fan of the thin burger patties.
0: Yes. I had this thing of, like, you know how, like, you go to some places and the burger patty is just so fat? Yeah, it doesn't ha- taste I good. I have this theory where, like, if you, like, advertise yourself to have big, juicy burgers that they should be flatter, but, like, bigger. Like, more like a pancake <laughs> instead okay. of going taller where you have to, like... You can't like fit your mouth around the thing,
1: right? I yeah I completely agree with you. I think that if you have a thicker burger, it should be more thin patties on each other. Yeah, because then
0: also you get to the middle of the burger, and then you feel like I usually like like, pink inside normally. Exactly, and I'm a well done type guy actually for like steak even. Really? Yeah, because the whole like the whole like blood thing it just freaks me out. Oh, that's right. Having having something like too like juice uh, freaks me out.
1: So White's not a big he's he he does not like blood. So I have a question. I was actually just talking to Chris and Brado about this. Fellas from Random Time and The Final Whistle. Are you a guy that if you get a cut on your finger, will you suck the blood to um, recirculate it?
0: Absolutely not.
1: No. Okay. okay. Because no. I was always taught that, you know, like even when I was little, like I would get a cut. I would be playing wiffle ball with my cousins and it'd be like, yo, you're bleeding. And then you just suck it to recirculate. It. I've always been like, Blood doesn't freak me out in the slightest.
0: No, sounds like some vampire stuff. I um, uh, I, I just like wipe it off like underneath my shirt or something like that. All
1: right, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I was just wondering.
0: Yeah, no, it's a good question, but
1: because sometimes people are freaked out by others' blood. Are you freaked out by your own blood?
0: Uh, like it's it's fine. It's more like it's more like something about like medical environments with it. I really sure. can't do it. Like okay. if, if you were all of a sudden be like, yo, I'm bleeding. I'd be like, uh, eh, I'd be a little grossed out, but I wouldn't be freaked out. But if I'm in a medical setting or something like that.
1: So giving blood would Oh is I mean, off the table. It's no. Yeah, I've talked about yeah. I right. feel like
0: if if that day comes, I'm just hoping of like there's gonna be some innovation where I can step around that. Okay. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Shout out to the medical doctors that are working on that for me right now. <laughs> As we spin the wheel again.
1: We will. We'll pray that that never happens so, mm-hmm. to what? What What we got?
0: We got one. I, Nickelback.
1: Nickelback. Okay.
0: Someone called Kirk Cousins the Nickelback of NFL quarterbacks. And I was like, you know, it's true. I that don't listen true. to their music, but Nickelback, for reference, has sold, like, platinum records, thousands of copies. Everyone, like, there's an audience out there clearly that listens to their music and thinks they're good but but <laughs> they aren't recognized as good
1: well do you understand the like when we were kids do you know like why Nickelback got its like fame Mm-mm. so it was a cool thing back in the 2005 2010s to say you hated Nickelback did you know this no yeah look up I hate Nickelback <laughs> All right, I'm so doing. When, you say, when somebody said to you that Kirk Cousins is the Nickelback of NFL quarterbacks, Nickelback is objectively good music.
0: Okay, you can't say objectively. Why? <laughs> well, because objectivity doesn't
1: exist in music. Okay, Nickelback to many is good music. Sure. However, they're looked at and somewhat hated by a majority. Kirk Cousins embodies that. While he's very good, and his numbers show that, mm-hmm. many, many <laughs> Vikings fans would say that he's the reason why they lose. When in reality, their defense and offensive line have been terrible over the years.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, it's funny. <laughs> That's really funny though. was just like a trend. <laughs> it was so. Yeah, that is kind of better
1: Understand?
0: Swifties is different.
1: Swifties are different. Swifties.
0: I can't. There's nothing to compare to that. I, I don't think. He, I don't think we're. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think we have time for one or two more wheel spins.
0: Oh yeah, we got we got time for two more. Perfect.
1: Perfect. I'm happy I could enlighten you on back a little no,
0: bit. No, that is. I really should just like listen to like one of their albums and just see what I would think because it's weird that I haven't. I mean, Rockstar's a good song. Um, okay. We got Adderall. <laughs> I've never done it. I know people that have that have struggled with uh, attention uh, deficiencies. I mean, obviously you can see how the drug's in demand with, um, like I'm talking about, like I don't know, you know, like everyone in like high school is like, I have ADHD and then you try to like prescribe it or like they go to a doctor and like, oh yeah, you do, I'll give you this. and I think it's, it's over prescribed. I know a lot of people say it's effective. I had a guy in my high school who's prescribed it and he would like, he'd use it sometimes, but then he'd also um, sell it to people. And be like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And he'd make money, so.
1: I, I would assume he'd make some serious money.
0: Yeah. I know obviously people use it for like, you know, settings outside of school, which is where I think, you know, that's that's problematic. But I think, you know, I mean if you gotta use some if you gotta pop an addie to study up for a test man, I mean, sure. I I'd be interested to hear your <laughs> Mine? <laughs> just kinda what you think of the of the drug, I guess.
1: Well, I'm I've I've never taken Adderall. Right. From what I can understand, Adderall is an a focusing drug. Mm-hmm. It allows you to focus heavily on one thing or the other. Yep. And I think that it's purpose for those that can't focus on one thing or the other. Uh, it It's a good thing. However, I agree with you that medicine such as Adderall, such as pain pills, have been extremely overprescribed. Yeah. And to the point, like, I just, I think of Brett Favre. Uh, he had a problem with pain pills when he was with the Packers. Oh. And he actually went to rehab and the amount of people that I know that before they've had a surgery, you know, they say, all right, we're going to put you on pain pills. And they're like, okay, please don't over prescribe me. And the doctors end up still doing that. You know, I, I guess it goes to me, like, where does it become morally okay to continue to give people drugs and who is benefiting from this? Because it's obvious that the the consumer, the person that had the surgery or has the issue, is not benefiting from it years after. So is it is it the doctor? Is it big pharmaceutical? It's
0: pharmaceutical to me.
1: I would agree with that. Yeah. You know,
0: pharmaceuticals are like the, one of the biggest businesses. You know, like it's the big, it's like the biggest industry in the world. Right. And, and it's like normalized. And what you're talking about before was opioids. Yep. Yep. Like that's what, uh, like pretty much killed Prince.
1: Yeah. Um, pretty yeah. sad. I, And, you know, when people say that pharma is to blame, I can understand that. I have a little bit of a soft spot. My mom's a pharma rep. Sure. And there's two different types of people, I believe, who are in pharmaceutical. Someone like my mom, who I heavily look up to, Mm -hmm. who, who sells these drugs because she understands that there are certain people that need it. Yep. and then there are other people who sell it because they know that there always will people will be people that not only need it but want it mm-hmm. and they know that it's an endless cash game oh of course so it's sad to know that there are people in that position that don't truly care about their consumers mm-hmm. but it makes me happy to know that there are also some people who truly do care and that's why these drugs do get prescribed because they need to be put in the correct hands of certain people right so
0: yeah it's uh it's kind of like the conversation we you know had of like what uh we want to do for a career of like mm. it being dopeness cuz I think if you can prescribe well to describe dopeness it's like you know something that you really feel the impact of or that you think is cool and doing that through a job right like I think the idea of prescribing people that need medication and making their life better that's great that's something that uh, clearly you can see your mom doing definitely um, but then there's just people in for it, you know, of the fact that there's a bunch of money to be made and the demand will always be there. Yeah. It's just sad. Yeah. You know, of course. Um, we'll, we'll end on a good note by doing one more. Uh, okay. We got about, you know, a couple of minutes. So we'll make this one quick.
1: Yeah. You know, I got to say, uh, thanks for having me on your show, Wyatt. It's been a great time. <laughs> of course.
0: No one's, no one's reason I'm sitting in this chair right now. So as we get Nickelback again, we'll spin it real quick. Okay. But yeah, I mean. This- spin that wheel.
1: Spin the wheel. Spin it. Spin it. Uh.
0: I want to get a good one. Wow.
1: Keep spinning. Keep spinning until <laughs> we get a good one. Actually, you can pick. Just pick one off the wheel that you'd like talking will
0: we'll, Okay. Let's, it's going really fast right now, so it's kind of hard to... But the last one was Sasquatch.
1: Yeah, we're not talking about Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah, we're not. Boy.
0: Um. Let's do... Uh. You know what? We kind of actually hit like, the really good ones, I feel like. Um. Quick thoughts on...
1: Joe Rogan. <laughs> Joe Rogan. Oh, that is a good one. So what do you mean?
0: The guy, the man. What do you think of, you know, how he goes about his business?
1: So if there's one thing that you need to learn about me, it's that I look at everything through the lens of Christianity because Christ is the only thing that matters truly to me. And one thing that I respect about Joe Rogan, I I don't know if he's a true, if he's a Christian or not. I don't really listen to his show. He brings people on who have many different perspectives Mm -hmm. on things. So if I don't know if he's a Christian or not, it doesn't matter to me. It says in the Bible that we all have free will. So whether or not he has it, has a true relationship with the Lord or not is not something I can even control anyway, but he's not afraid to bring someone on who has a Christian perspective and hear from their perspective. Yeah. And, so Joe Rogan, the person, I would say he's one of the most—he's um, one of the most open and accepting humans. I would say that has a platform, and that's why he's so successful because he's willing to hear from anyone who has a voice, which to me is is powerful. But at the same time, it can be dangerous because he's willing to bring anybody on. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, agreed. And I think he uses his platform. Like, Joe himself, he's not the most interesting guy, but he does a great job of just asking questions, and, like, he is never the focus of his show. Right. He'll give input, you know, kind of like, okay, yeah, so this is what I think of this, but then they'll just ask another question. Like, if you have someone that's sitting across from the chair from you that's super interesting, like, people just want to hear from them. You know, you kind of learn enough about him through the show. Yeah. So he's very smart in how he goes about it. Um, It's, like, yeah. No, what were you going to say? I don't know. He's just been around for a while. He did, like, Fear factor, and then he did. Yeah, whatever. But now, I mean, he always relates something back to, like, fighting, which I just think is hilarious. (laughs) Like, he'll be talking about some some guy will go on something. He's just like, yeah, man, well, that's just human nature. I mean, humans are just hardwired to, you know, fight, like, fight for survival. So we all have to, like, work out and, you know, like, box. And I don't know. Some of his his takes are just funny to me. But, yeah, he's a funny guy. Sometimes I listen
1: to some of his stuff. Yeah. The way that you uh, explain that reminds me a lot of the sales process that we've both learned. It's important to obviously sell somebody something to somebody at the end of the day if you have a meeting with them. However, they're not going to be interested in you or truly care about what you think until you give them the platform to tell you mm-hmm. what's important to them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Let them fill in the
1: blanks. Exactly. So any of you inspired sales majors out there, just remember... You're not the you're not the po- most important person in the room at any time, especially when you're trying to sell something.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, if you're interested in sales, me and Nolan are two great people to start talking to. Because, like I said, uh, we're we're graduating the spring here, and we need the next wave. We need the next wave of salespeople for sure to come to the school. So study a little bit of Joe Rogan tonight, and uh, that'll be a start. Anyway, uh, I think that's the show. And uh, Nolan, pleasure having you on the show. Thanks, Wyatt. And uh we're, we're going to dip out to class, so appreciate everybody uh, tapping in, listening, and uh, we'll see you in the next one.